If you could, could you turn with me to Matthew 26? We're going to read from verses 6 uh, to 13 this morning, a passage that we might be familiar with or we might not be, but I'm going to read from the ESV this morning, and it says, Now when Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, a woman, a woman came up to him with an alabaster flask of very expensive ointment, and she poured it on his head as he reclined at the table. And when the disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, Why this waste? For this could be sold for a large sum and give to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, said to the woman, Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. In pouring this ointment on my body, she has done it to prepare me for burial. Truly I said to you, wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. And I find that last verse very, very interesting. Wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. The offense that, that uh, Matthew writes about here is so important that actually in verse 13 that Jesus says that what happens here at Bethany is going to go with the wider gospel. It's going to go out. And I think that's important for us to note and highlight this morning. Just a bit of context and background. We see that Matthew isn't the only account in the Gospels of, of this event that takes place of the anointing of Jesus at Bethany. In fact, all four of the Gospels uh, record it. Matthew chapter 26, as we just read. Mark 14, Luke 7 and John 12 also record the Gospels. Just hitting at that point of verse 13 that this story was to go out with the Gospels wherever they went. And when we piece all the accounts together and, and we do a bit of background on it, we see that in fact, the woman that's talked about in Matthew is Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus, that anoints Jesus with the expensive oil from the alabaster jar. And we can see that recorded in John chapter 12. Although John doesn't mention the alabaster jar, he does write that Mary did take the expensive ointment and pour it on the feet of Jesus. The alabaster jar flask is mentioned three times in Scripture, and that's found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke's accounts of this story. And more specifically, in Matthew 12, 26 verse 7, Mark 14 verse 3, and Luke 7 37. But what I, I find interesting is what makes the, the actions of Mary so important that Jesus says that what she did is going to go along with the gospel across the whole world. What makes these actions so important? What makes the, this offense stand out more than any other, so many different other offenses in scripture across the gospels? that this is the event that Jesus says this about. The alabaster jar, for context, it had no handles. I did try and look on eBay for one just to see, but I don't think they really make them anymore, um, or I was looking in the wrong place. But it had a long neck, which had to be broken to get the contents within the jar. The contents of this jar we see from verse 7 from our main passage is that it was an expensive ointment. Some translations say an expensive oil or expensive perfume. And in Jewish culture, uh, women would have worn a perfume flask around their neck and would have had the, the smell and the scent of the aroma in, in their, this wee flask. So the oil that was in that alabaster jar would have been what Mary would have put in her wee flask. And what was really interesting about this flask is that this flask was so much a part of the Jewish female that they were allowed to wear it during Sabbath. So this flask, the scent, the aroma that they would have had was so much a part of who they were and a part of them that they were allowed to wear it on Sabbath. They were allowed to wear it all the time. 
So for us, it, it might not seem as that big a deal that reading this story and hearing, oh, she just broke a jar at the, on the, uh, and poured the oil over the feet of Jesus or over the head of Jesus. In fact, maybe we read this and, and we see the, we're like, really, like, what's the point? What's the need? Or we see the reaction of the disciples and go, aye, that's more like what I'd be like. Why would you waste that? Sounds like good perfume. Why would you waste that over something? But actually what Mary was doing wasn't, she wasn't just pouring out perfume or ointment on the feet of Jesus. She was pouring a part of herself, a part of who she was on the feet of Jesus. Because that was a part of what the flask was. It was a part of who she was. The perfume was a part of her scent. It was associated with her. So she was pouring that on the feet of Jesus, giving a part of who she was to Jesus. In verses 8 and 9, we see the disciples were appalled by the actions of Mary. And they criticized, saying, why the waste? And we see in John chapter 12, 4, that in fact the, the disciple that was most vocal about this event was actually Judas Iscariot. And in, in John 12, 4 to 5, it says, But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, Why this ointment? Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Why wasn't it sold? Why did she waste that? Why, why that? But it was really interesting that it was Judas out of all the disciples, the one that was about to portray Jesus, that had to make that statement. The 300 denarii gives us an, in, uh, an insight into how much that was. If I've done my calculations right, which is very unlikely, Maz isn't my strong point, uh, it's around 16,000 euros. 16,000 euros in today's money. That's mad. I sat there, look, when I looked at it, I went, Maybe they were right to ask why didn't why the waste? Why why not give that to the poor? Because imagine what you could have done with that money. That's a lot of money. You could have fed you could have fed the five thousand without Jesus having to break the, the loaf and fish. Like you could have fed people, you could have given the money to the poor, you could have given out the ministry. But Mary wasn't thinking of any of that. She wasn't thinking of the financial bonus. She wasn't thinking of, of what other people were thinking. She was just thinking about Jesus in that moment. And we see, as, as the passage goes on, we see Jesus stands up for Mary and Mary's actions. And he called them a beautiful thing. What she did was a beautiful thing. Jesus goes on to say to the disciples that Mary did it for his burial. This is significant. Why is it significant? Because Mary was able to do something the disciples weren't able to do. And that was give Jesus everything, her attention and her expensive oil. She gave Jesus all of her in that moment just because just before he was taken to the cross and the disciples weren't able to do that. One writer says she understood more because she was in the place of greatest understanding, that being at the feet of Jesus. She understood more because she was in the place of greatest understanding, being at the feet of Jesus. And Mary's posture of surrender at the feet of Jesus is something we, we can see in Luke ten thirty nine as well in the story of the, that story of Mary and Martha where Martha's so busy she has to get everything sorted but, and she's given off to Jesus about Mary being at the feet of Jesus. And we see it here in this passage as well. And, and this posture was able to give her more of an understanding as that writer said because as she looked up from the feet of Jesus all she could see was her Lord and Saviour. All, as she looked up all she would have been able to see was Jesus. She didn't see anything else around her and she didn't care because she was besotted by her saviour. And because of her posture at the feet of Jesus, she was able to understand more than the disciples who spent every day at eye level and beside him. Charles Spurgeon writes, she probably did not know that all, know all that her action meant 
when she anointed her Lord for his burial. The consequences of the simplest action done for Christ may be much, may be much greater than we think. She thus showed that there was at least one heart in the world that thought nothing was too good for her Lord, and that the best of the very best ought to be given to him. Nothing to Mary was too good for her Saviour. She gave him everything. She wanted him to have everything because she came from the place at the feet of Jesus. Why sometimes, as bringing it back to us today, why do sometimes do we think we're better than that, being at the feet of Jesus? Why at times do we feel, oh, I've been a Christian for one, two, five, ten, fifteen, fifty, sixty, a hundred years? Why do I feel that I've, I've, I've done my time? I've had my time at the feet of Jesus. I should be up beside him where the disciples were at eye level and not at his feet. Why do we feel like that sometimes? And what's interesting in this passage of scripture is who Jesus honored. Jesus didn't honor those at, at his side in this piece of scripture. He honored the one who was at his feet and anointing him with oil. And I want to take three things away from this story, this passage of scripture this morning, that I believe will help us as believers bring our focus back to Jesus and back to his feet and regain a posture at his feet. The first point is, nothing is worth more than Jesus. We've already touched on the expense of the oil, 16,000 euros. I don't think I'll ever get over that. That's a mad amount of money. But the expense of the oil that Mary poured at the feet of Jesus, it was financially expensive. It was a lot of money, and she probably never owned anything near that value ever again. She probably never came close to owning anything at that value. But that didn't matter to her. Why? Because nothing was worth more than Jesus. Mary understood the cost. She, she knew exactly what she was doing. It wasn't a doubt in her mind. It didn't faze her at all. It didn't stop her from carrying out this act of love. Nothing was too much for Jesus in her mind. Even when she was being criticized, surely... Mary would have known that everyone else was going to think that. Surely she knew that she was going to get some comments from some people saying, why would you do that? That's the way Surely she wouldn't have known the embarrassment of what she was about to do. But it didn't matter. It didn't matter to her at all because nothing was worth more than Jesus. Nothing that man could have said or man could have done, no amount of money was worth more than Jesus. And sometimes we get too worried about what everyone else will think. Sometimes we, we lose sight of what it means to be at the, the feet of Jesus because we're worrying of too much about how it will be perceived, what it will look like, what people are going to say. And we've just lost sight of actually that nothing is worth more than Jesus. Mary understood the cost, but she didn't miss the importance of it. Sometimes we can get caught up and caught up with the financial costs or the cost of our time, cost of relationship, cost of our lives and, and the people around us. And the disciples missed that that day. They called a waste what Jesus called beautiful. And sometimes we, we call things a waste, but Jesus is saying, actually, that's beautiful. Is that a waste of time or a waste of money? Maybe Jesus is saying, that's beautiful. Is it a waste of me losing friends or losing relationships because I've counted the cost to follow Jesus? We call that a waste. Jesus calls it beautiful. Mary understood the cost, and it wasn't too much for Jesus. We see in Luke chapter 14, that Jesus teaches on the cost of discipleship and where this act of worship from Mary did cost her something. Jesus, so does being a follower of Christ. Luke 14, 25 to 34, it says, Now great crowds accompanied him, 
And he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to encounter another king of war, will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Yes, that is hard to hear. The words of Jesus, he doesn't pull any punches there. He gets straight to the point. No prophet, no king, no priest in the scripture can make a statement that bold. But Jesus did because he is God. He's not saying you actually have to hate these people. He's saying in comparison to your love for him that nothing else matters. Nothing is worth more than Jesus. What Jesus is saying is forget everything around you. Forget all your family, all your friends and set me first in your life. Count the cost and place me at the center of your life. Mary counted the cost, said no to the relationships or the fuse around her said no to the financial gain of the contents of the alabaster jar and said yes to Jesus. Why? Because nothing is worth more than Jesus. Is there anything in our lives today, anything in your life today that we hold higher than Jesus? Have you counted the cost? And if so, did that cost that you count, counted, if I could get my English right, if that cost that you counted, did it go back to the feet of Jesus or did it take you further away from your saviour we need to count the cost and give jesus our all why because it's so worth it mary knew this and because of this she has been honored by jesus as the gospels have gone out this story of her has gone out but i don't think that even meant anything to her when jesus said that i don't think she might not even have heard jesus said because she was just so caught up in the moment so caught up with being at the feet of jesus so caught up with focusing on him she counted the cost and all she wanted to do was be at the feet of Jesus. Nothing is worth more than Jesus. Not our time, not our family, not our finances or our home. Jesus is worth the cost. So what are we pouring out at his feet this morning? Or what aren't we pouring out at his feet this morning? The second point is Mary gave Jesus everything. She gave him everything. The alabaster jar, as we've already said, is definitely most likely the most valuable thing that Mary owned. And that she definitely didn't get anything close to it in her lifetime that was worth that much. It wasn't just a financial cost for her. Mary gave Jesus something that was a part of her. Remember that flask of perfume, the oil that was in that, that, that was a part of who she was. That scent, that aroma was associated with Mary. It was who she was and a part of her. So that day as she broke that flask and poured the oil at the feet of Jesus, she gave Jesus a part of her. She gave Jesus a part of herself that day, not just the fragrance that anointed his feet, but a part of who she was, and it didn't matter. Have you given everything to Jesus this morning? Whether it is plans, futures, relationships, hurts, worries, fears, pain, joy, no matter what it is, 
have we given everything to Jesus? Or is there more for us to give him? The Bible is full of pieces of scripture that where it tells us to give things to God. For example, 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Psalm 55, 22, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Proverbs 16, 1 to 3, the plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. The Bible, tell, the Bible tells us to give everything to God. I know that it is hard at times to let go. I know that it can be scary and to give trust over to God or over to anyone. And it is hard. But we need to remember we're not giving it to a person, a man or a woman who may let us down. We're giving it to God, the Almighty God. The one who says that he will never let us down. The one who says he is the same yesterday, today and forever. That's who we're coming to this morning. And Mary knew that. And when she went to the feet of Jesus, all she had to do was give Jesus everything. When all she saw was Jesus, when he was her focus, she knew that she needed to give him everything. What is stopping you this morning from giving God everything? What is preventing you from giving your all. And the third and final point this morning is, the place of greatest understanding is at the feet of Jesus. Mary understood this more than the disciples themselves did. Why? Because of the nature of her relationship with Jesus. It was built from being at his feet. And I feel that the counting the cost and seeing that nothing is worth more to Jesus and giving Jesus everything is next to impossible when we don't take time to sit at his feet. Luke 10, 38 to 42. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me alone to serve? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Are we like Mary this morning and we take our, our position, our posture at the feet of Jesus? Or are we like Martha where we're busy? We have to get things done. We need to serve. We need to do this. We need to do that. Sorry, I forgot there was a mute button there. And then, and then we have to we have to get things done. So then that, that is how I serve my Savior. That is my relationship with God. Is it in the busyness or is it in the good portion that Jesus says at his feet? Where are we positioning ourselves this morning? And this is a story that we probably heard so often of two sisters, one at his feet, one that's distracted. We've seen this posture that Mary is at the feet of Jesus in Luke 10 and in our main passage this morning. And Mary had a greater understanding of the importance of Jesus because she was at his feet. This would have been the posture of Jewish scholars when they were listening to the instructions of their rabbi. They would have sat at their feet and listened. It was a sign of respect, a sign of wanting to learn, to understand more, to grow closer to the rabbi, to be more like the rabbi. This is the posture we should want to take with Jesus at his feet, being in his presence, 
where is where we're going to learn more about him spend time and build relationship with him because and become more like him and that was the goal of the rabbi the rabbi's disciples in jewish culture and that should be our goal as well as disciples of jesus christ is to be more like him strive for it and put ourselves in that place at his feet to do so this posture is also a posture of surrender that the rabbi knows best so I, under, I, I surrender my pride, my understanding, my ways to sit in your presence and learn. It's the same as believers. We should enter God's presence with a posture of surrender. We don't have the answers. We aren't perfect, but God does and he is. Matthew sixteen twenty four says, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Anyone who wants to be a disciple of Jesus, we must deny ourselves, remove the things in our lives, the distractions, the busyness, the costs, and count that cost to follow Jesus, just as Mary did. Yes, to this world, that oil was expensive and it was a waste. Yes, to the people around her, they had words to say and it would have hurt her and it would have upset her and opinions would have embarrassed her. Mary understood that. It didn't matter because she had postured herself at the feet of her saviour and could see and understand that nothing was worth more than Jesus and that she needed to give him everything. When was the last time you looked, you postured yourself at the feet of Jesus? When was the last time you sat looking up to Jesus and listened just as the, rab- the rabbi's disciples did? So what does being at the feet of Jesus look like for us? Well, I believe it looks like keeping him central in our lives. It looks like worshiping him, praying, spending time in scripture and meditating in scripture. But ultimately, it's about being in his presence. Mary was physically in Jesus' presence that day at his feet. When did we last sit in his presence? When did we sit in God's presence And when we sit in God's presence, we begin to get a greater understanding of what it must have felt like for Mary to not be distracted by what's around her, but being able to give God everything and focus solely on him. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Seek him with all your heart. Count the cost, give him everything and you will find him. Being in his presence is the fullness of joy. We find hope, we find peace, we find the answers we're looking for. We focus in on Jesus and keep him central in our lives. Why? Because when we look up from being in his presence at his feet, all we can see is him. As Mary did on that day, she would lay on his feet and as she looked up, all she would have seen was her savior. I'm gonna ask the team if they could come up as we close. In the Bible, as we read already, we weren't made to to bear this heavy load. We weren't made to journey life alone. We were made to worship God. Think of the song, My troubled soul, why so weigh down? You were not made to bear this heavy load. Cast all your burdens upon the Lord. Jesus cares. He cares for you. Jesus cares. He cares for you. And all your worrying won't help you make it through. Cast all your burdens upon the Lord and trust again in the promise of his love. Jesus cares for us all. And we understand that better when we take up a position and a posture at his feet. 
we actually just see Jesus. And when we take intentional time to cut out the noise, cut out the distractions, and just sit at the feet of Jesus, we find him. We just find him in all his glory, in all his wonder, in all his beauty. We find the Savior that so many are, are journeying in life today, the fine. So many people wandering about looking for answers. When we surrender ourselves and sit at his feet, we find him there. I don't know where you are in your journey with God this morning, but this is a reminder for everyone. No matter how far on you are in your journey, or even if you're not even walking with God this morning, it's a reminder for us that nothing is worth more than Jesus, and we need to give him everything. But I believe that's only possible when we sit at his feet and give him our attention. Just as Mary did with the alabaster jar, she gave Jesus her undivided attention and it started at his feet. Just imagine the freedom and joy Mary felt to have the privilege to be physically at the feet of her Savior. To look him in the eyes as she poured that expensive oil on his feet. Imagine what that must have been like. And we have that opportunity to open up the alabaster jars in our hearts, to open up the things that we hold in our hearts and to pour them at the feet of Jesus. It starts in his presence. It starts with a posture of surrender. And this morning, just before we go around the table, we have some time. I just wanted us to create some space just this morning before communion to take some time to sit at the feet of Jesus to be in his presence and it may look different for you than it does for others but as it did for Mary it didn't matter because nothing was worth more than Jesus as she gave him everything that day it may look like standing, kneeling, sitting whatever you're most comfortable with but in our hearts this morning let's create that posture of sitting at his feet and remember Mary who did not have a care in the world for the disciples, for her brother, for her sister, for anyone else that was there. She didn't worry about what's going on around her. All she wanted was Jesus. All she wanted was her Savior. So can I challenge us this morning to do the same? To not think about those around us as we just seek Jesus.